0: Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and I am glad that we're going to be together for the next couple of hours. I hope your day's been going well. If I look uh, out into the near future, Dr. Mark Muska is going to be joining me in the second hour for Ask the Professor, and that would be lovely if you get your questions ready. I know you have some. You can always text them over at any time or ask the professor to 877-933-2484, and Bev Canaris is going to join me. Uh, before that and we're going to talk about self-talk you talk to yourself probably more than anybody throughout the day and and you have to um, ask what are you saying to yourself what are the things that you're literally saying to yourself we're going to talk about that but to get things started rob lewis going to be joining me he's the executive editor at the daily signal i always love getting my tuesday started with rob rob welcome
1: Hey Bill, it's good to be with you. You always
0: have the most interesting guests and,
1: and shows. Oh, thank you so much! <laughs>
0: yep. All right, now I I've been doing the work of five men uh, this afternoon, so I missed the president's speech. What did he say?
1: Sure, and as uh, as we're doing this interview, the uh, foreign minister of Ukraine is uh, speaking with the Secretary of State, uh, Anthony Blinken. So I mean, there is uh, breaking news happening as we're even doing this interview. Uh, so we're we're trying to keep our hands on it, uh, all of it, but. Yes, you're absolutely correct. Uh, big news coming out of Russia today. Uh, President Biden announced that he was imposing a series of sanctions to punish Russia for invading Ukraine. Uh, Russia, just to take a step back uh, for those those who who haven't been following it as closely, has decided to move into portions of Ukraine, uh, which Russia claims uh, is is territory that the the people living there identify uh, with Russia. Now of course Ukraine would strongly dispute that and President Biden did as well. Uh so basically what's happening are he's putting a couple of uh, Russian financial institutions under sanctions, uh Russia's uh Russia's sovereign debt will also be sanctioned uh so they can't raise money uh from the west, uh they cannot it's going to impose barriers to trade. And uh, he's also putting uh, sanctions on some of the, the Russian leadership and their family. Uh, that will start tomorrow uh, in, in an effort to, uh, to really try to dissuade any further incursions. Uh, these are all steps that uh, I think uh, probably come a little bit too late, Bill. Uh, it would have been encouraging to see the president take these actions earlier. Uh, we, Russia has been making noise about this now for several weeks. And, uh, and why we waited until the actual invasion occurred, I, I'm not not quite clear uh, I, I think that it, Putin uh, will continue to take advantage of the situation. He sees the United States not really in a position that's going to dissuade uh, him and his, uh, his his leadership team from from stopping. And while they might not take uh, Kyiv in, in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours, I certainly think if you're Ukrainian, you have to be worried about where the Russians uh, see this ultimately going in the long run.
0: Mm-hmm. Rob, when I think of the close to 200,000 troops that have been— my- Putting themselves in place over the course of, I don't know, a month, maybe or so. I mean, they're spending a lot of money. Uh, the the Russian army they're they're going to be they're not going to be bluffing at this point. I can't imagine.
1: I I don't think so, Bill. And if you look at the Russia military buildup around Ukraine, I mean, it, it literally surrounds on you know n- nearly uh well three sides uh, of ukraine and uh, and the fourth side obviously is is the eastern european side where there are more allied countries to to ukraine but uh obviously to the west you have russia and you have troops uh all amassed all around uh the, the western side uh, to the south uh where crimea is which is the the portion of ukraine that uh that russia uh, seized uh back in 2014 you have uh russian troops uh there and to the north of Ukraine, you have Belarus, uh, where the the leader, the authoritarian leader of that country, has allowed Russia to come in and uh, and position uh, troops as well. So uh, yes, Ukraine is nearly surrounded um, on on all of its borders, and it's uh, it's quite frightening. I think if you're a Ukrainian uh, citizen and you wonder about the future of your country and uh, and what Vladimir Putin Putin has planned.
0: Mm-hmm. This is a, a Rob Bluey question. This is I'm interested in your perspective. But when you hear Uh, President Putin speak or Xi Jinping or Kim Jong-un, when they say something, how much of what they say can you believe?
1: Uh, Probably not much. I mean, these are leaders who run uh, authoritarian regimes in their countries. Uh, They uh, do not have a a free and fair press as we do uh, here in the United States. Uh, Criticism is, uh, is, is swiftly punished. Uh, look at uh, in in the case of China Peng Shui, the tennis star who spoke yeah. out about a uh, sexual misconduct by a, a a Chinese communist party leader and she was disappeared and and only to re- reappear to say that it was all just a big misunderstanding so time and again they have proven that they will take swift actions against anybody who defends from from the party line and that's why i think on a on a global scale uh, those of us who may be accustomed to having leaders generally speak speak the truth uh, even if there might be some spin to it uh, in these countries, uh, that is not something that I think we can trust. And you saw that firsthand last week when when Putin was saying, oh, we are are pulling back and we're going to be focusing on diplomacy only to, for us to find out after the fact that, in, that Russia at the same time it, he was making those statements was actually amassing more troops. And so uh, I think it's healthy to be skeptical
0: of anything that you hear from them. Mm-hmm. Rob Louie is my guest. He's the executive editor at the Daily Signal. So, you know, he's got that big corner office with the windows. Uh, Rob, I've, I've been absolutely fascinated with the uh, Canadian truckers and their protest and what Trudeau is doing with the martial law. I'm horrified, actually, to think that this could be something that could uh, be going on in Canada, that just taking away their, their democracy in a way.
1: It, it is, and for him to to actually say that we need to have these COVID restrictions in place so that we can get to a point where, <laughs> where where you know we don't have as many burdensome uh, restrictions. I mean, I, the, the logic behind what Trudeau is trying to do here in terms of using the emergency powers um, to to crack down uh, on on. Individuals and financial institutions and you know, acquiring financial institutions, I, it was bad enough, Bill, when we had a situation uh, in Canada or United States where social media companies may delete your account or remove a video, uh, something that's happened to us at the Daily Signal as recently as last week. Now imagine if you're in a situation where you are what they're calling debanked, where you no longer have a financial institution where you are welcome and they either seize your assets or they they tell you you're no longer welcome, uh, to have your, your money there. I mean, that can, can wreak havoc uh, on on an individual or a family uh, who might find themselves in that situation. And so, yeah, I, I'm concerned about it as well. In fact, on today's Daily Signal podcast, I talked to America's Christian Credit Union uh, about this because they're trying to step in and fill a void for, for those Americans who find themselves in a situation where maybe their views, whether they're Christian or conservative, don't necessarily align with the woke Mob, and that's exactly what you're seeing happen in, in Canada. Now, I, I personally think that the Canada situation is going to come out as a loser for Trudeau. I, I think that when you start to see the public uh, speak out in the way they are about these restrictions, um, and when you see Americans say that they're going to have their own version of a freedom convoy, which will be making its way to Washington, D.C., and probably clogging up the streets outside of my office uh, pretty soon, uh, you know, that is, uh, I think, a testament to, to the power of the people uh, re- rejecting some of the leadership that uh, these countries are trying to impose on us.
0: Mm-hmm. Rob, uh, have you received your free COVID-19 home test in the mail?
1: Uh, I, yeah, actually, I did. My wife ordered some tests. Good. And, and the, they they did come. So we, we're very fortunate. We ha- we've all been healthy, though, Bill, so I haven't Good. had to use any of them yet. But uh, I'm sure that, you know, the, the time will come. Our kids are— are active in school and uh, with, with friends and it, uh, in, in the case of some of our neighbors, it seems like that is, is, uh, you know, um, obviously a risk, but fortunately everybody I've known, and, and I think as your listeners may remember, I had um probably the omicron variant in december mm-hmm. uh, it was a very mild case i was fine i i isolated for the the time that was required and none of the other members of my family uh, came down with COVID. but you know uh everybody who who has um that i know who, who's had it recently uh fortunately has, has been able to get over it but uh but bill you know it's one of those things where again we've we've been talking about it now, about it now for almost two years if you just take some common sense precautions uh, I think that, you can, that they'll, go, they'll go a long way. And this debate that we're having over masks, and it's a big one in Virginia right now because the the governor just signed a law which puts parents in charge starting on March 1st of whether or not their kids have to wear a mask in school. You know, it's, uh, it's long overdue, I think. And I'm, I'm grateful to see... That uh, some of our political leaders are responding, and and in un, some unusual places, you have a lot of Democrat-led states that are are think, taking these actions because they recognize that the citizens of their state are are fed up with the restrictions as well.
2: Yeah,
0: as far as the government handling of the pandemic, what would you give it? As far as a grade?
1: Oh, uh, no doubt about it. It's an F. Uh, oh wow. Okay. I I, I well, it, with the changing guidance that, yeah. that comes along, uh, you know, from the public health officials. I would say from the very start and this goes back to when you had a Republican in the White House uh throughout the course of, of this year when you or last year when you had a Democrat in the White House I think that they empowered uh the public health bureaucrats uh to to an extent that it did not uh pan out in the way that they initially told us remember where we started uh it was two weeks to stop the spread and then they quickly became two months and and much longer. Mm -hmm. And many businesses are still suffering the consequences. In fact, Bill, you know, I talked to people here in Washington, D.C. We're going to be hosting some of them at the Heritage Foundation next week who run businesses. Now, these are in the food industry. There are two two restaurant owners and and an owner of a catering company who have been devastated. One of them uh, has had his business shut down uh, simply because he said that he wasn't going to discriminate between those who were vaccinated and unvaccinated mm-hmm. and uh, and require his employees and, and customers to wear a mask and the city came in and shut down his business took away his liquor license and now he's hopefully going to be able to uh to reopen uh, after after a legal fight but it is uh it is devastating hundreds of restaurants in washington dc alone has closed as a result of some of these COVID restrictions. And I think uh, that that goes to the government empowering the public health bureaucrats um, to, to have too much power. And uh, we need to take some of that back as, uh, as American citizens.
2: Hmm.
0: Rob, I'm going to take a little break. When I come back, uh, Martha from Manchester, Connecticut, just sent me a message saying, would you consider extending this to an hour? Sometimes I really look forward to Rob's insights every Tuesday.
1: Oh, well, thank you. That's very kind. Isn't that nice? Yeah,
0: that's nice. All right, we'll take a little break. When we come back, lots more with Rob Bluey. If you have a question for him and what's going on in our nation's capital, he is the guy to ask. You can send me via text to 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Be right back. Louis' theme song. I never like to cut that short. It's such a good theme song. He's the executive editor at the Daily Signal. You can always head over to dailysignal.com. It's where I am right now. Rob, great story about Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears. So impressive.
1: She is and and I I hope that uh she is the person that the Republicans pick to give the state of the union response this year. I think that that would be a dynamic choice. Uh she of course uh tells her story to the Daily Signal about us, as an immigrant to this country, as a black woman who uh, never expected uh, to be in the position that she is in today. Uh, she served our country in the military and uh, later became an elected official in Virginia. And I don't think anybody was really expecting her to make her way through a crowded Republican primary last year uh, to find her her way to be the, the number two elected official in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So it is just uh, really remarkable. But I think the thing that I like most about Winsome Sears is the optimistic uh, perspective that she brings. Uh, at a time when our politics can be so divisive, uh, she is really somebody who you know casts aside the, the party labels and wants to make sure that all Virginians, Virginians have an opportunity to succeed. And I'm so grateful that um, even before she was sworn in, uh, my oldest eldest son and and I uh, had a chance to to visit with her on the set of the Armstrong Williams show and uh just uh, you know as as uh as somebody who lives in in the Commonwealth of Virginia Bill uh, it's really encouraging to see uh what she's been able to do in this short time in office and and I hope that um, the youngkin administration can t- continue to To enhance uh, parental rights here, that's been a top priority of theirs throughout the course of this uh, first month or so that they've been in office. And I mentioned before the break this um, this new law that they put in place, which requires schools to give parents the, the option of whether or not they want to send their kids to school with a mask. I think it's uh, long overdue. You have a lot of jurisdictions in this country that were operating that way uh, many, many months ago. And uh, for some of the Northern Virginia schools, which have perhaps a different political persuasion than Governor Yunkin, I think a lot of this does come down to politics. And when they try to make the case that they know better than parents, uh, I think that that's when a lot of parents step up and say, no, thank you. Uh, we we think that uh, we'll reassert our role here as uh, as a child's uh, guardian and, uh, and the person who ultimately makes the decision about what education they get.
0: Mm. Rob, talk about the Heritage Foundation um, Index of Economic Freedom. What is that about, and what, 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 what were some of the takeaways?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So this is a, a product that we've now published for well over 25 years. The 2022 version just came out, and it ranks over 170 countries throughout the globe On their economic freedom and we use a a different uh, a a set of criteria uh, in 12 different categories that ranks the countries and uh, you have uh, you know some probably not so uh, you you know uh, the countries like north korea would would typically be at the bottom of the list Uh, but this year singapore uh, comes out at number one Uh, it's uh, really a testament to to their economy and what they have been able to, to successfully do Uh, Unfortunately, bad news for the United States. The United States dropped from 20th in last year's index to 25th this year. That's because of the combination of government spending. I mean, Bill, $6 trillion alone in COVID spending, and it's just um, unsustainable if we continue to head down this path. But also other policies uh, that this administration has put into place uh, brought down the U.S. score. Same is true for the United Kingdom. uh, Same for Australia countries that have typically been leading the world in economic freedom experience big drops. And uh, COVID uh, COVID policies had a a big deal um, factor into that. And I think that in the freest economies, and I'll – you know, uh, give a plug here for um, for countries like Singapore and Switzerland, Ireland, New Zealand, Luxembourg, uh, Taiwan and Estonia, which are, are the most free, the seven most free. Uh, they are doing things right. And we should look to the lessons that we can learn from them and hopefully improve our own
0: standing next year. Rob Louie is my guest. And I have the daily signal dot com open right now, Rob. And the headline says Biden. Education Department to cancel $415 million in student loan debt for 16,000 borrowers. Are they also willing to cancel my car payment?
2: <laughs>
1: That's probably next. <laughs> that and uh, you'll be getting some universal basic <laughs> income. Uh, so, yeah, you know, th- this is the direction we certainly seem to be heading, Bill. I, I it, it worries me that uh, those who, uh, for those of us who believe in personal responsibility, and, and I understand that uh, student loan debt can be a real, uh, you know, crippling um, uh, detriment uh, for so many families who who want to buy a home and, and are unable to. But you know, it's uh, it's one thing for the government to to come in and and to help those who are truly in need. But I think as we saw, and this was a big debate even among the Democrats with the child tax credit that they were they were you know sending people hundreds of dollars every month. And you have people like Joe Manchin even speaking out and saying there are some individuals who are receiving this government aid who really don't need it and, and shouldn't be um, on, on the receiving end of it. I think that we need to take a close look at some of the welfare programs in our country and decide if, uh, if they're really targeted and helping those in need. Uh, policies like putting in work, work requirements uh, back in the, the 1990s helped us make great strides in reducing poverty and getting people off of government dependence. But I think if you have a system in which you say you don't have to pay the student loans back or the government's going to forgive that debt and we're going to send you hundreds of dollars every month we're going to end up in a situation where we already have a challenge getting, meeting the number of job demands in this country uh, because people have grown accustomed to, uh, to not working over the last two years and getting enhanced unemployment benefits. So I would take a harder line uh, than the current Congress and administration are willing to do. And uh, I think if we present alternatives, uh, hopefully uh, the American people will respond favorably in the
0: future. Mm-hmm. Rob, I so appreciate you answering all my questions. What's the busiest story going on in your head right now?
1: Oh no doubt. Uh, I think that the uh, the situation in in Russia okay. is, uh, is front okay. and center. I mean, this is going to, I think, dominate the news this week. Uh, you know, at a time bill when the when the news cycle changes multiple times over a twenty four hour period, this is one that is going to probably have some some staying power. And I think that it's significant. Because well, there's, there's a few, few reasons. Number one, uh, I think the American people, a very small percentage, want the United States to actually send troops uh, to Ukraine. I think that there's very little chance that that's going to happen. But what, uh, what role NATO plays here now? Of course, Ukraine is not a NATO member, so it'll be interesting to watch. But there are other steps that we can take. For instance... President Biden, when he assumed office in 2021, canceled the Keystone XL pipeline, which would have brought oil from Canada to the United States and and made us less dependent on on oil from uh, overseas. Uh, At the same time, he was uh, willing to let the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, uh, which benefits Russia, uh, go through. And so I think that that's one of the first steps that he should probably take is, uh, is draw a tough line. And the other reason we need to project strength at this time is China is closely watching how the United States responds. I would uh, believe, I truly do believe that uh, Taiwan, uh, the people who are there, which I just mentioned is one of the most economically free countries, by the way, are, are looking over their shoulders and, uh, and worried that, uh, that a weak United States response now uh, might... Uh, precipitate uh, china uh to to take action against taiwan we've already seen what they've done in hong kong china believes that uh that taiwan uh belongs uh, to the mainland mainland and uh the u.s long u.s policy of uh of providing arms to taiwan um will certainly be in close view of uh xi
0: Jinping. Mm-hmm. and i would assume we're going to see a little bit more pain at the pump coming up in the next uh, mo- couple of months
1: well, Bill, when I'm driving down the street, and even my 12-year-old son says, "Dad, why are gas prices so high?" I think that uh, it's starting to, <laughs> to, to resonate uh, even with those who ultimately don't have to, to pay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is uh, it, it is high. I mean, it is uh, in in some cases, uh, you know, uh, well over. I'm, I'm looking out my office window right now, and there's a, uh, an Exxon station, uh, literally next door to the Heritage Foundation. The price of regular unleaded gas is four. Forty nine. The price of uh, Supreme is four ninety nine. Now, granted, this is in Washington D.C., right. where prices probably tend to be a little higher. But that's an indication when you're paying five dollars a gallon for for gas that uh, things are not headed in the right direction. Unfortunately, you know, with the um, with the turmoil overseas uh, and and, uh, and energy plays a big role in that. Uh, that particular region of the world, I think that things might get worse before they get better.
0: Yeah, be b- nice if they kept the a Keystone Pipeline open. That would have been nice to have a little bit more energy independence. But anyway, it was not the decision that was made. And they didn't ask me.
1: That's true. And uh, and I think that it's uh, it's one of many decisions where we had a situation under President Trump where he really emphasized domestic energy production. This administration has focused a lot on renewables. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I would like to say, why can't we do both? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to right. renewable energy at all, but I think at the same time, we shouldn't be dependent on foreign countries uh, to get our own oil, especially as we take time to make that transition.
0: Right. Rob, thank you so much. Uh, a lot of People joined in and said, yeah, I wouldn't mind an hour of Rob Bluey. So thank you for being always such a great guest.
1: Well, that's so kind, Bill. Thank you. Thank you and your listeners. I appreciate
0: it. Have a great rest of the day. We'll see you. Rob bluey has been my guest. He is the executive editor at The Daily Signal. And if you check out DailySignal.com, you can see all kinds of great stories there by his writers and his staff. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about self-talk, what we say to ourselves with Beverly Canaris. Be right back. Who do we probably speak to the most in a day? I'm guessing it's ourselves. If we uh, have one of those days where we're doing a lot of self-talk, I wonder how much of it is speaking truth to yourself, how much of it is productive and helpful, and how much of it is maybe some negative thoughts that get reviewed over and over that are not productive and not helpful. That's our topic today. Beverly Canaris is our guest. She's a regular on the show. also has... uh, was a teaching leader at Bible Study Fellowship for over 30 years, and she also is the co-host of the podcast, She is Becoming, and I'm always glad to have her on the show. Bev, welcome.
3: Thank you, Bill. I'm excited about our topic today. It's something that God has been speaking to me about, so I always love to share what's kind of on my mind.
0: Yeah, so what are we saying to ourselves?
3: Well, here are some of the examples we are saying. Uh, A lot of times I find myself calling myself a name, oh, how, you're stupid, you're this, you're that, you're this. <laughs> um,
2: but, yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, and then complaining, grumbling, um, sinful thoughts of lust and anger, maybe uh, thoughts about how paranoid you are, of what others might be thinking about you. Or mm-hmm. I do a lot of sometimes recalling past hurts that cause then me and us to see ourselves and our situations really poorly. There's, I think, a lot of coveting that happens in our self-talk. Lustful thoughts happen there. Um, Prideful thoughts about yourself, thinking too much of yourself and about yourself can be part of that ongoing conversation that's not the most positive thing. Um, We can also have thoughts of wrongly accusing uh, God about his character or what he has done. Uh, Another thing we think about a lot is, Uh, you know, thinking about the what ifs of the future. What if this happens? What if this happens? Or looking to the past and pining over, should have done this, should have done that. Mm -hmm. And then a really common one, of course, is the worry conversation we have with ourselves. Um, I was on social media this week, and I noticed a quote there that said, worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change.
2: Mm.
3: Prayer in contrast here, is a conversation you have with God about things he can change. So somewhere, because this self-talk is is not really voiced, but we tend to not evaluate then what we're saying because we're not saying out loud, we don't realize that a lot of this can be very destructive and negative and not helpful uh, at all. So, we can't really let this running conversation go unchecked. I think we really need to become aware of what those thoughts are happening in our head, uh, that self-talk, or some people call it a heart talk. What's going on there? What are you really saying? And is this pleasing to God? Uh, in my one of my devotionals this week, I read uh, it had the self-talk topic. And here's a quote that really caught my attention. No one is more influential in your life than you are, because no one talks to you more than you do. (laughs) Isn't that good?
0: (laughs) That's interesting.
3: It's It's a fact that you and I are in endless conversations with ourselves. In this inner discussion, we're always talking about God, life, others, and ourselves, and the things we say to ourselves are very important because they are formative of the things we desire, choose, say, and do. So wow, it really it it really is an important topic we need to pay attention to. What's going on in our thinking? Where are we going with these kinds of thoughts? Um, I wonder what would happen if we paid more attention to this conversation going on inside of ourselves? If we ask ourselves these questions w- of, about our thoughts, first of all, is this in agreement with God's Word? Is it what God says is true about me? Or the situation. That will kind of stop the unnecessary name calling, I think.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
3: Um, yeah. And uh, I,
0: I bet, you, I, and yeah. I, Bev, I bet most of the time, some of the self-talk, if it if it leans negative, uh, it is not in line with the Word of God at all.
3: No, no, nope. not not at all, not at all. Um, would you say this to someone else? You know, that's another check. What if your thoughts could be heard out loud? Would you be saying it? Uh, Does this honor God? And what is the source? This is a really important key. What is the source of this thought? Is it God? Good. It's it's probably a very uh, edifying good thought, good thinking. Mm -hmm. Or it could be the enemy, could be Satan, planting the thought there. Um, It could be our own flesh, you know, our own. Uh, fleshy desires, or it could be the influence from the world as well. So there are those three enemies that can infiltrate that thinking as well. And I heard someone once say, you know, you can, a bird can land on your head, but you don't let it build a nest.
2: Exactly. So if you
3: have those negative thoughts, you know, realize the source of that and immediately reject it.
0: Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not just talking about positive thinking here, are we?
3: No, you know, that was something I kind of questioned uh, a little bit about. I thought, now, am I just trying to be more positive here? Kind of, you know, back to the 80s and 70s when that was <laughs> all the rage, all the positive yeah. thinking. But uh, this is not just that. It's not self help because there's no such thing as self help salvation and growing in Christ likeness. We just can't do it on our own. So, how we think, really, we need to realize really does matter to God. And this is what we're trying to get across here today is our thinking matters. And Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So mm. that is what our thinking should include. It's a good gauge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beverly Canaris is my guest and we are always uh, glad to talk about um, what scripture teaches us about truth and how we should speak to ourselves and how we should be um, always going to the word and believing that in our lives versus some rambling thoughts we might have in our head that probably got planted by the enemy or got planted when you were young and they're still in your, uh, uh, they're still taking yeah. up space in your head. Uh it was interesting, Bev, yesterday uh, during the Monday afternoon mix, which uh, is on Mondays, by the way, uh, we had <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out. But there yeah. we had we we talked about labels and, and we, I said, did you get a label when you were younger? Did you have somebody label you? Uh, you know, yeah. And ooh, uh-huh. boy, did that open up a vein. And it's really true. So if you got called stupid or fat or whatever, when you were young, that doesn't go away overnight.
3: It sure doesn't. I remember I had a friend in high school, and his father continually called him a lazy bum. Mm-hmm. A lazy bum. I'd oh. like to know what he's doing today, you know? Right. Those are hard.
0: Yeah, so That's maybe we, we can dig into some uh, biblical examples.
3: That would be great. Of I think self-talk. it's important, whenever we talk about any kind of topic, we want to back it up with Scripture. Amen. And certainly there is a lot of Scripture that backs up this idea of be careful what you're thinking. Um, David in the Psalm, Psalm 42, listen to his self-talk. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for yet will I praise him, my Savior and my God. And then he repeats those same words in Psalm 43. But here he's saying, don't be so discouraged, me. <laughs> you know, put your thoughts where they belong on God. And then another example in Psalm 116, it says, return to rest, my soul for the Lord has been good to you. So he's saying, get over the anxiety, rest in the Lord. He's been so good. Trust him is what he's really saying there, but he's self-talking. And then we have examples in the Old Testament, too, of Abraham and Sarah. In Genesis 17, when God told him that he and Sarah would have a child, he did some self-talking. It says this, Abraham fell face down and he laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man of 100 years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Sarah had a similar self-talk response in Genesis 18. So Sarah laughed to herself and thought, I am worn out and my Lord is old and I will now have this pleasure. And the Lord overheard that as well. Mm-hmm. But how, how often does our self-talk reveal a lack of faith or doubt? At times, even our flesh wants to argue with what God has revealed. So that is a very common response that that Abraham and Sarah had. And then in Deuteronomy, of course, we have the people, um, uh, God relating to the people in, in here, and, he's, and he said to them, you may say to yourselves, these nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? So here they're doubting God. They're saying it to themselves. That's what's going on in their head. Another time he calls them out in Deuteronomy 9, he says, after the lord your god has driven them out before you do not say to yourself the lord has brought me here to take possession of the land because of my righteousness so he, he, the lord knows we can say these false things to ourselves and that is um and it's really easy to think better of ourselves than what we really are that's that's a wrong thought as well not only the self kind of loathing thought as as some of us have um and then in luke nine uh luke seven A Pharisee does some self-talking. So he's thinking this in his mind as he's watching Jesus. When a sinful woman anoints Jesus, but Jesus, it says in Scripture, knew his thoughts. And then he calls him out. He says, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is. She's a sinner. Jesus then, knowing what this Pharisee said in his mind, points out that the one forgiven month shows Uh, much love, but the one who has been forgiven little loves little. So Jesus was very aware of his thinking. Jesus also told a parable about greed. A man who was rich had such an abundant harvest. He said to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to put my crops. I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones and I'll take it easy now. Eat, drink and be merry. But Jesus said to him, you fool, you're not rich towards God. Today, your life will end. And then on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said in chapter 5 of Matthew, anyone looking at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So you have those kind of lustful, not only images, but talking to yourself. Um, this, Jesus said, is a sin.
0: Hmm. Boy, Bev, um, this, obviously this can be very self-destructive talk, and I would love to know how we can change some of this.
3: Well, I think we we do need to, first of all, be aware of it, that we are doing this. Uh, I know that's kind of been my lesson here, is just be aware of what's going on with those thoughts. Um, generally speaking, in Romans twelve two, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect will. So what we need to do is re- renew our minds. But how do we renew our minds so that our self-talk really reflects truth, God's truth? Well, I think uh, first and foremost you have to replace those thoughts uh, with God's truth found in Scripture. But if we don't know the God of the Bible, if we don't know Scripture, we're going to have it a little diff. We're going to have more of a fight on our hands. We're not going to really know what the truth is. We war against ungodly thoughts with the truth of Scripture. And this is certainly what Jesus did when he was tempted in John 4. We read about how he always answered Satan back with these uh, terrible suggestions from him uh, with Scripture. And I think that that really is a key for us to be answering
0: with Scripture back mm. to those thoughts. Yeah, Talk he, back. <laughs> yeah. Bev, he always started with his thinking. He never started with his feelings. I, after 30 days in the desert, no doubt you'd be hungry. And Satan tempts him with turning these stones into bread. And, you know, I'm sure the emotional side of him was, not a bad idea, I'm starving. But he responds with his thinking, it is written. I love that.
3: it, it, it Isn't that true? Because Sometimes other things can kind of get in the way there and to try to sway us one way or another. But right thinking is so crucial in that fight.
0: Yeah, let's do some more right thinking after the break. Beverly Canaris is my guest. We're talking about self talk today, something we all do a lot of with ourselves every day, I would imagine. And we're going to talk about uh, more great ways to talk truth to ourselves right from God's Word. We'll be right back. I'm back with Beverly Canaris. She was a teaching leader at BSF for over 30 years, and now she's the uh, co-host of the podcast. She's becoming, um, uh, along with a lot of other things, and we're talking today about self-talk. We can have a tendency of being pretty negative at times, and Bev, maybe the question is, why why are we so constantly condemning ourselves?
3: I don't think we've truly grasped the truth of the gospel. Bottom line, do we really feel that we are utterly loved, utterly forgiven, all going to be God's child forever. Do we have that security in our salvation? Um, has, has this just become a, a, a habit? I think that the habit can be a big part of this. We just are in the habit of being self-condemning or self, you know, building ourselves up all the time. Um it, it's some bad habits in our thinking and it has to be can only be changed by scripture like what we were saying before the break this is the way jesus fought those uh temptations from satan in in john 4 was with scripture with the word we can be such easy prey to satan and his suggestions if we don't know who god is and what his word teaches so I have the idea of right now what I'm trying to do is just nip it. I refuse that thought, and I say, no, God says I am loved. I am his child. I am perfectly accepted in him. Uh, maybe we all need to do more memorizing of Scripture in areas where we know we have this weakness, uh, whether it's lustful thoughts or lying or uh, self-condemning or puffing ourselves up. Uh, whatever it might be. Memorize at least one, if not a couple of verses that can get your sword out. That's what the Word of God is it's in Scripture. It's called our sword. That will help fight back and plant truth where you are maybe indulging in a lie or sin. So that, to me, is really our best weapon, is fighting these kind of negative thoughts, sinful thoughts, with the truth, with our weapon, the the Bible. You have to study the Bible, though. You you can't just be um, uh, listen to a one sermon once a week and think that you know the Bible. You have to be a student of God's word. So whatever that looks like in your life, it probably means Bible study, self study. Um, Get in with other people, because often we can get off the mark if we're just trying to do it on our own. But that memorizing scripture, I think, is a really helpful thing. Uh, Or else you can run some of these thoughts by other godly people to help you discern if this is from God or not. Uh, Sometimes we can really get off the mark, and we need, this is where we need each other. We need fellowship to help us to discern. Um, What can we do, though, when we're constantly condemning? ourselves. We can ask ourselves, is this really true about me? Maybe it is. Maybe God is saying, you know what? You are being lazy and slothful. You know, I've given you a work to do and and you're not following through on it. However, I find that God's voice more often is one of encouragement and love and kindness, but it's direct truth. That's true. But it's not in a... um, Uh, an evil, condemning, wicked way, you know, like someone who's lost control of their temper would go after you. I just feel like his voice would be um, open to us and to want to speak to us. Um, But it wouldn't be uh, in such a horrible way. Sometimes I think we have God coming after us, you know, with a switch like a bad parent. Um, Mm. But we have to remember what's God's opinion of me what's God's opinion? That's truth. Mm -hmm. Not my opinion, even. God's opinion of me. If we are in Christ, we have a whole new identity. We're loved. We have received God's mercy through faith in Christ. We have nothing to prove. I don't honor God when I despise what God loves.
0: Yeah, amen. I had a listener jump in named Ann that said in Romans eight one, Jesus does not condemn. Satan is the father of lies. Satan is the one who condemns.
3: Oh, love that. Love that. That really fits well right here.
0: Very smart listeners on the Afternoon with Bill Arnold show.
3: Oh, that's for sure. They know their Bibles, too. Yes, they do. Um, Yes, they do. What do you do do with prideful thoughts? Um, Remember that God lifts up the humble, but brings down the prideful. So, Really, self-glory has no place in the life of a Christian. We have been, uh, you know, bought by the precious blood of Christ. We have experienced grace, undeserving grace and forgiveness. We really need to have that kind of standing before God and think rightly about ourselves. A humble spirit is what God delights in. So another thing, here's some thoughts to reject. Have some self-control. Over these negative, bad thoughts. Ask the Lord to show you where your self talk is out of line with His will. And then, of course, what we said before replace those unholy thoughts with truth. Someone has said, Don't listen to yourself, talk to yourself. Isn't that good? So, yeah. in other words, you know, ask the Holy Spirit for self control to get a tr- grip on these thoughts that you're having and talk to yourself truth. Don't just listen to all the the noise. Um, I think that's really a good word. Have the self-talk dwell on what is true and then repeat scripture to replace those thoughts that are not pleasing to God. Um, I think that that's the most effective weapon that we can have. Another one is, you know, choose to be thankful and have your self-talk focus on who God is despite your emotions or circumstances. I think um, David in the Old Testament who wrote the Psalms is such a classic example of this. He he could have gotten off, he could see his mind was going down the wrong pathway of despair, discouragement, fear, and yet he says, Oh, my soul within me, why are you so upset about this? You know, trust in God. He's talking to himself despite his emotions and circumstances. He's going back. A lot of his psalms starts out with all of his uh, self-talk and his worries, and then it ends with him remembering God, praising God, worshiping God. It's it's a beautiful pattern to follow, where take those thoughts and turn them back to who God is, and uh, and what is true that God has said. Another suggestion would be to make your own. Don't go there list. I like that. Yeah, by a don't go there list. I mean, if you have a particular issue with. negative thought about a relationship or um, a lustful thought or uh, just if you're going over and over something with anger in your mind again and again and again, you have to have certain things that you're going to totally reject. Um, A couple was getting married, and one of the the, the soon-to-be husbands said mentioned the word divorce, and it was said back to him, you don't talk about divorce. You're just getting married. In other words, you know, if if my mind goes to that, you can start to dwell on that and you can start to see things to support that. But if you just choose to reject it, that you have committed yourself to this person in front of God and what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Mm-hmm. But that's where those those things can start is in your mind. So you, we all need to have don't go there list.
0: Yeah, you can put it— And
3: it should be short, you yeah. know, but—
0: And you can put it right next to the nip it
3: list. Yes, it's the nip it and the don't go there. <laughs> I
0: like that, yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, and, of course, prayer. That is a great defense against these kind of thoughts that are not helpful. This is the place where self-talk becomes rather a conversation with God. In prayer, we can release from the self-talk— that these things that are not pleasing to God, he can set you free from those thoughts. Say, Lord, take those kind of thoughts from me and, and help me to reject it every time they can come against me. Mm-hmm. He can set you free. We do, uh, we do not have the power to change our self-talk in ourselves, but the Holy Spirit who lives within each believer is sufficient for the battle, the Holy Spirit and God's Word. And keep in mind, too, and I know you brought this up earlier, our physical self can contribute to the wrong kind of self-talk, whether it's a lack of sleep or a sickness, um, some kind of circumstance. Look at Elijah. (laughs) He does this marvelous thing, this great miracle in front of all of Israel, uh, you know, with the Calling down fire from heaven, and then he runs away like a little puppy and lays down and said, "Kill me, God! I want to die." Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was just totally exhausted. He needed food. He needed rest, and that's exactly what God gave him through an angel at that at that moment. So, taking care of our health and our bodies really does affect our thinking. So, you know, we're we're a unit here. Yeah. We're not just body, a mind, spirit and, and a yeah, body. body, mind, and right. spirit.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, so good, Bab. This is so interesting. I know many people have already chimed in saying, yeah, this is something I needed to hear today. So it was uh, really good timing on your part.
3: Well, thanks, Bill. I've I, I have, Like I said, this has been something that's been speaking to me, is what's speaking in my head here. Yeah, <laughs> I've right. got to evaluate that. Right. self-talk can be a good thing when it's according to God's truth. Amen. It can build us up in the faith. We can Amen. choose to focus on what is true about God and how He views us. As a, yeah. a, a man, by, man by the name of Bill Lawrence. Who's I got to go, Alice. Bev.
0: Thank you ah, so much. Yeah. All right. You're
3: so welcome. Bye-bye. bye
0: Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.